Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of the man that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast, August 19th, one of Star Trek's biggest icons, or celebrity fans, or both, will be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. Today's quote is read by actor and artist Leon. Space voyages are not essentially any more different than the earlier voyages we humans made to the planet's great land masses and seas. Welcome back to another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We're lucky enough to have Charisma Carpenter, actress. You guys know who she is, actress and advocate. And um, per this quote, it, rem- it reminds me of a couple different things. Because the other day, Charisma literally said about one of these quotes, like, uh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so yeah. true because this is one of those quotes. If you look at through today, 2021, you're like, duh. But let's look at it perspective wise from when this mm-hmm. was said. Uh, we don't know if we'd actually been on the moon yet or it only just been on the moon. So when we frame it through that lens, it's a very encouraging quote. And actually listening to this quote reminded me that I've always felt, even when I was a small child, that I was born in the wrong time. I should have been born mm-hmm. uh, way back in the past, the medieval time period, where I would have died immediately of a toothache, but or way <laughs> in the future where we're transporting and we're zipping and we're doing all this stuff. And that's because of Star Trek, actually. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have known of these concepts. I'm saying when I was real little, I thought this. So before Star Wars and all that and Space 1999, which I also loved, but Star Trek planted that in me. Me sitting there as a little kid watching the repeats of the original one going, but I want to be on a spaceship already. I don't want to be here. I want to be somewhere Mm -hmm. else in the galaxy. The first thing that resonated with me about this quote is, you know, when you think about exploration, like man tends to have this need to explore and to go into the great unknown. So whether the trip is by foot or by covered wagon or by ship or by spaceship, it's all the same. The parameters are still the same about you don't know what's out there because we have our survival instinct. If we don't prepare properly for for, uh, a trip or for uh, an unknown explorative trip, uh, we could put ourselves in real danger. If you think about like how fragile we are as beings, we are, you know, like our skin is very fragile. Like it doesn't take much to kill us. We're like a meat sack. Yeah, we're like a, meat, a sentient meat sack, a, a ghost wearing a meat sack. <laughs> exactly. um, uh, so when I watch uh, Star Trek, for example, it you take for granted when you see these cast of characters on these spaceships because they're so massive with thousands of of crewmen that we don't always see but we only you know we see the characters on the ship and we all and the perspective is they're they're in a safe place we don't really 
always think about the fact that they're hurtling through space at faster than light speed where, you know, one asteroid and they could explode. Like if they hit the, if they don't plot their course properly, they could, they could explode at any moment. So you kind of don't think about that until you see characters in like a small runabout space shuttle, like a little shuttle where they're doing like one or two man missions. And it's like, there's a, a glass window and sometimes there's only force fields between you and the void of space. Like that's how dangerous space travel is in the Wait, 23rd, 24th trend, century. Also, and we take it for granted in that world of Star Trek. Trent, but you're talking about space travel, right? And I'm like, we don't know nothing about the ocean. We only know 10% yep. of what's happening with our own brains. We only know 10% of what's happening with the ocean. There yeah. could be a sea monster that comes up and swallows the entire world tomorrow. And we're yep. like, we just discovered it. We didn't yep. know. We know nothing. <laughs> yeah. And to piggyback off that point, if you take like a small little uh, sea ship and you go down where the pressure is overwhelming, the, the ship could, uh, you know, could buckle and you'll die. Like that. the point is like exploration is the same into the unknown, no matter the mode of transportation, because the danger is out there if you don't know how to prepare for it. Fascinating. Yeah, we've always done it. We'll always continue. Just think about, I was just thinking uh -huh. <laughs> the flat earthers out there you know it just it's yeah. just like you yeah. know it really does seem brave then if that's what they thought to to board a, a ship and expect to just fall off the edge into what you know yeah. but be before Ancient we man globes, believed. But I get what yeah. you would think that way before we actually had, like, I don't know, space travel where you could see it's a globe. Um, you know, it's just fascinating um. how I was reading in the news yesterday two things, you know, that there was this incredible article about um, Jeff Bezos is going to have an intergalactic experience and he's like, pushing to do that very soon. And it's been this Branson and, and, you know, uh, competition between the two to who's going to get to, to the moon first or something like that. And, mm -hmm. and I was also really reading that cars were flying now there there's actually been 145 successful uh, missions of this car that is flying. And that's some stuff that I grew up watching on the Jetsons when I was a kid, you know, True. watching, watching yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah. and just being like, Oh wow. now we have like jet packs and, you know, it, it's happening. We're constantly going forward. We're constantly expanding um, ourselves yet. We're so far behind in, in our humanness. <laughs> It's just so crazy to me. I, I'd be remiss not to bring up, and I've said it before on this podcast, but not for a while. Um, there's a poem, you know, a musical piece poem by Gil Scott Heron mm -hmm. that one of the lyrics is, it's from, you know, back in the day, but the lyric is, a rat bit my sister, but Whitey's on the moon. So what he's saying in that statement is, I'm in this ghetto, right? And a rat roaming around with the rats, yeah. and dirt, and we're poor. And we're not and we're treated like shit because we're black and we don't have any money. Mm -hmm. But no, go to the moon, Jeff. Ba go to the moon, everyone. Instead of dealing with the mm -hmm. social issues that are going on here, like, for example, in L.A. Or, or leaving it better, leaving where we yeah, are better. True. Right. But even in L.A., we have a, a yeah. homeless mm -hmm. um, encampments everywhere. Right. And I have nothing but empathy, by the way, for the homeless, because there, by the grace of God goes anyone really. And a lot of people who were just two paychecks away 
from being homeless have ended up in their cars and stuff. But I think, and I don't want to ruin this beautiful, uplifting quote for Gene Roddenberry, but I do think we have social responsibility, which is to say, before we, I don't know, I think before we worry about conquering Mars, I would love it if we could uh, figure out how to house Yeah. Yeah. People. And and Gene has spoken you know? to that in, in a few of the quotes that we've discussed. Like if we can't fix our problems here, one, we're not capable of of dealing with the complexities of space travel. Uh, it, it, God help us. If we can't take care of our fellow man here, we are not equipped to even think about that future where space travel is. But so Trent, I was thinking, uh, wouldn't it be amazing if we could do this, do it at the same time? And Absolutely. Then, uh, yes. then there's the other idea that what percent of people are ever going to be able to? Most people don't even leave their towns, their hometowns, mm-hmm. let alone That's the country, so let alone right, another their tri county area. And it's only mm-hmm. it's a whole. I've referred, I've referenced this before. It's like Elysium. You know, it's like only the elite will be able to leave, and then yeah. eventually yeah. leave Earth. In an apocalyptic state. I can't wait till they start redlining the moon and Mars, you know? <laughs> um, that's the truth. You know what I mean? Like, you can't buy there. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just feel like, again, I'm bringing up social stuff that's going on here, you know? But... Well, it's relevant. It is relevant. But I do love the point of this quote, which is to say, it's not really any different than anything mm-hmm. we've gone through. It's just a whole new landscape, right? And every day, in very small ways, we navigate new landscapes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like whether they're emotional landscapes or people you have to talk to who you don't want to talk to or any of that, just navigating that from day to day. It it must have been very, very just as bizarre to go from one landmass to another landmass then as it is for us to be considering trips to Mars and the moon. Yeah. If you consider like ancient travel, like ancient explorers going to another landmass and, and seeing different plant life, different animals, different colored people, people. like that was alien to them. And Mm -hmm. it's it's exactly how we can extrapolate the experience that we've experienced here to the future. And not knowing if you were going to survive the journey, if Mm -hmm. you were a homesteader Mm -hmm. or a pioneer or a Vasco da Gama explorer, you know, like this is what I think people love so much about Star Trek. And it's a point that I've made previously that Gene Roddenberry and all of the wonderful Star Trek writers over the years have given us a a blueprint for this uh, idyllic future where humans evolved to a point where earth was essentially a paradise of no hunger, no currency, uh, 100% literacy, like everyone can read and, and everything was shared equally. And when man finally reached that level of perfection, quote unquote, then they were able to take the next step and to boldly go into space. I love that you brought this quote other. up because I was going to say, Trent, remember when you said that quote? I was, you know, you mentioned it the other day and it's really mm-hmm. relevant that on Star Trek, they kind of worked out their stuff here, yep. you know? Yep. I assume there wasn't homeless in Camp Loon on every corner in, in Star Trek America. It's interesting. In in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, they did an episode where they traveled back to the 1990s and they talked about, or they went back to the early 20th century and they talked about the homeless problem and the characters from the future were like, how did this happen? Why did humans let this happen? And it was a commentary on what, what, 
we were experiencing and are still experiencing now and how in the future the characters in Star Trek were like, well, you know, we had to go through all of this. We had to go through the Bell Riots, which is a fictional thing that happens in 2040 or something. And we finally figured it out and and evolved past that. The more compassion I have actually for myself these days, right, instead of being so awful and tough on myself, the more compassion I have for other people, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. it goes both ways. We can be a little kinder to ourselves. It kind of emboldens us to be kinder, I think, to other yeah. people. Because I feel like people treat people the way they treat themselves, their inner voice, you know, sometimes. Anyway, you guys, we are got to wrap this one up, Trent. Yeah, if you want to check out video of today's quote being read, you can check it out on our social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we hope you'll join us tomorrow for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote. So tweet us, post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. 